It's your lady DJ Leah here to let you know our new book, His Sweet Reward by Alexa Riley is love. His Sweet Reward. Brooklyn Tanner hates online dating, but she's determined to give it a chance. When she finds out the guy she's meeting with tonight is the bastard all her girlfriends had nicknamed Thanos, she's ready to get back at him. Dash Belmont has one little clause in the family business that says he must produce an heir. His last resort is online dating, and it's worse than he ever imagined. That is, until she walks in. Warning. Can this mega jerk really be the same guy who falls at her feet and wants to worship her body? You betcha. <laughs> Find out just what he's willing to do to convince her she's the one. Contract be damned. Get it today. His sweet reward. You can grab it at alexardolly.com, edenbooks.org, Apple, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. If you want it sent to your Kindle, you can get it again at alexardolly.com. Download it directly to that. Just go get it, guys. We hope you love it. It was really fun. It was inspired on the podcast. And I guess that's it. We'll see you on the other side. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is happening? That bitch came in, that bitch came in quick. Right? She didn't want to get left out this time. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to... Just when you think she doesn't want in, she's back in. Just full she's day. She's stealing my thunder. She's stealing my... Intro thunder. Yep. She's like, oh, oh, you guys want to bet? All in, motherfuckers. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, Mel's a little bit on, well, she was on a little bit of a delay, and now she's challenging us. I guess she's, she's, she's in the, now she's ahead. in the future. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome to it. Tony Aleo Week here on Read Me Romance. We're super excited to play the second half of Blades of Glory in a little while. Well, let's see. I, I have something I want to talk about, too, but you want to, do you want to discuss your stuff first? I just wanted to say that I read a Nora Roberts book this week. Oh, what'd you Last think? week I read, I read seven books, and this week I read, I think, one Nora Roberts book that was equivalent to all seven of those books <laughs> in terms of length. No, you read Mariana Zapata. Oh you read that God. last week, too. So, that's true. So that, that's, that kind of outweighs that. I saw her but post uh, her word count for a book on her Instagram yesterday, and it was 183,000 words. Can you imagine? No, that's I've never written like. over, I think I've written close to 100,000 on one book. Really? And we wrote 100,000 one time. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a long haul. Yeah, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. And we wrote we wrote 100,000 for on everything for her. And I think they trimmed down a, a lot of it. We had Eagle edit it, and then Karina, our publisher, edited it too. Yeah. I think it came down a good bit, but yeah. That's the only time we've ever done it. And then the other two books after that, we struggled to hit that 75,000 mark that we had to hit. Like, did you guys go through your Nora Roberts, like... Like when you were just like learning to like, I still read Nora Roberts. Yeah, yeah. Everybody still reads Nora Roberts, but like mm-hmm. when you kind of were kind of like just learning to read romance, she was already there. Mm-hmm. So like you kind of, she kind of cut my teeth in romance a little bit. Did you guys have that yeah. too with her? No, I've read one Nora Roberts books in my life, and I didn't love it, so I didn't go back. Oh, no. I was just like, There's cut, this no sex in this. cut this out. Cut this out. Like, I mean, it's, there's some, like, I, I like a lot of, I like a lot of dirty sex 
And I feel like Nora Roberts is a great storyteller. The the one book I read of hers was a great book. It it wasn't as hot as I had hoped for when yeah, I Yeah, she doesn't she it does she doesn't write explicit like explicit sex. sex. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, explicit sex. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> she writes very satisfying books. Like I great relationships. Some of my favorite my favorite trilogies were ones she did back in like the early 2000s, like really mm-hmm. honestly stuff that still sticks mm-hmm. with me. But yeah, it's, you know what I was thinking about what it reminds me of because I hadn't read one of hers in a while. And I, I read Undercurrent, uh, Undercurrents by Nora Roberts this week. And it was, I think it's her newest release. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of a romantic suspense and I'm which like we it. like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me like, cause you know, like, you know what, you know who Nora Ephron is that the movie director She's a filmmaker who she writes these movies like Diane Keaton movies where like the decorating oh, okay. is so beautiful and it's yeah, so comfortable yeah. and there's always like uh-huh. wine and cheese boards and beautiful landscapes. Wait, and- did she write the one where with Diane Keaton and Alec Baldwin? Yes. Like something's got to give. Did she write that? Pretty sure. Maybe? Yes. I feel like I know that name. Yeah. Yes. And I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, she write. She kind of like. Oh, that's Meryl Streep. I'm sorry. Oh my god, I just fucked that is it Meryl- up. I'm Wait, sorry. what did you say? That was Meryl Streep with Alec Baldwin. Something's got to give. What sorry. did you say originally? I said Diane. Oh, Keaton. I just went yes to it. But she has written okay. into some Diane Keaton <laughs> movies, and it's yeah, just like yeah. it's almost like a comfort to sit mm-hmm. and get into one of her books because there's all this talk of like gardening and landscaping and good food mm-hmm. and barbecues and like family and it makes you feel so secure it's like a safety like net. comfort yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. and this was what that this book was like it was huh. so comforting what was it called undercurrents undercurrent yeah. okay that was the name of this one okay and like her characters like her female characters are so snappy and smart and like they mm-hmm. know exactly who they are on page one and yeah. like they don't have any journey, like they, they don't have a journey to take. It's just like okay, I've met somebody, and he has to learn who I am, and I have to learn who he is. But there's no like interconnected journey. It's like we're just two people who already are at our peaks. Yeah. It's so yeah. it's so different. <laughs> it's so different. And um, anyways, I really liked it. Yeah, I love it's amazing. It. So I mentioned it a couple weeks ago that we had a stray cat that showed up on our side porch. She had fucking kittens. On our side porch. So she had three. One didn't make it, um, that which happens. And then two days later, she was hit by a car in front of our fucking house. So can I just say that, that as a mother in, with it, as a mother with children in quarantine, do you think she ran in front of that car? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, how dare you? <laughs> do you think it's possible? Is all I'm saying. This is probably out there. Like she might have ran in front of the car. I know. Mel jumped out of this video chat. So we're not making fun of the dead. We're not making fun of the dead cat at all. No, it's okay. It's just, just... I mean, it was, it's horrific, but I don't want to go into it on here because I don't want to bum anybody out. What I do want to talk about is the fact that I am now saddled with two week old fucking kittens that I have to bottle feed every two hours. They... Do you understand what's happening here? Like even at nighttime, this is melting all night long. Um, I slept in the guest room with them for like three nights. Oh my god! God bless your it's soul. It's like having though. a newborn. It's hell. This is welcome to hell. <laughs> like this is it. Like I thought. Did they wake I up thought, at the same okay, time quarantine. and just like. <sighs> god, is that what so they do? Cute. I can't stand it. Yeah, oh, the poor they things. Just, they love. They, they miss their mom. 
I know, and they're cuddled up together, and it's like they just snuggle close because they don't have anybody but themselves and each other, and oh my God. So, but it's been a week, and we finally have them eating every four hours, which is nice because my husband will stay up and take the late shift, and then I'll get up at 5 a.m. and feed them, and it really is like having newborns, and it sort of reminded me why I wanted to get pregnant with my husband in the first place because it's... It's surprisingly hot watching him care for two little baby kittens and bottle feed them. I got home a little while ago and he was in there and he was just holding the little girl and he was like, she's purring. And I was like, we're going to fuck right here or what? (laughs) (laughs) So this is happening. (laughs) I mean, it has been amazing to me, like seeing him with infants and you know caring for and doing the dad thing like staying up and helping feed and and clean them up and you know feed them it's just like it's insane that we go I was like oh yeah this is definitely why I want to get <laughs> pregnant <laughs> but it's also made me realize 100% that I never want another child <laughs> like like I've only had to do this a week and I'm like oh we're done we're done <laughs> when can we give these kittens away we're done no more babies, no more So are you going to get, you're going to foster them to somebody else? I don't know. Because if you don't, you're going to have to bring, them. you're going to have to probably keep them in the house. Because if they, and I, I can't at this point. Yeah. I know. And that's my thing is like, okay, I, I have, I had an outside cat growing up. Like I'm totally okay with that. But we live on a really busy road, and that's the reality. She was a stray cat that had plenty of food, that had newborn babies, that was right here. I looked on the cameras that morning. I checked the cameras around my house to see if, like, something was chasing her or if, like, she was chasing something. Like, I have no idea what would have provoked her to run across the road. She had everything she needed, and it still, it, it wasn't still enough. Go back to my know? original theory. <laughs> exactly. That it's definitely that she was like, you know what? Their kids are good. I'm out. Yeah. She was like, like she pulled a yeah, yeah, she just she did it. She's she went like, for it. Serenity now. <laughs> God. But so like I don't you know, I I want to I would love to be able to keep them and, you know, let my kids, you know, be able to do that, but we can't have kit- kittens in the house. Our dog has not adjusted well to it. We actually took the dog to a ken- the kennel this weekend. Like there's um like a doggy camp thing she gets to go to and we sent her for a week because i was like she can't she can't be around them like she's she's making really like you know we've tried to introduce her slowly we've done all these things and it's like you know what she's just not a cat dog that's fine so be it i have to send you a youtube video after this there's this oh god my daughter and i watch like funny animal videos on youtube yeah wind down before bed uh-huh, and yeah. she, there's just this video of the, these people trying to ad- introduce a kitten to a dog and him just being like, well, and <laughs> like not this, wanting to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, this might be a little trigger warning, I guess, but we had a, a dog that had killed a kitten, uh, unbeknownst to us, a kitten had wandered into our backyard. It was our older Growing dog. Growing up, as you're talking um, about? He's not with, uh, this was like my, Kevin and I, my husband and I, we had the dog together. So this has only been like maybe... 10 years ago this happened so we had him in our back courtyard he was out there like there was a we had let him out to use the bathroom and i came back inside and i heard this awful noise and there was it just so happened a kitten wandered in the backyard i don't know where it came from whose it was it was stray it just like ran in and Aww. that was it and so like i've got this like trauma like this fear that something like that may happen again and i just like seeing 
our dog Blueberry, she's not really aggressive, but she's just so curious and not gentle at all. And I'm just like, that, 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 that's it. No, I'm not doing this again. Like, I'm not going to put my kids through this. Yeah, because then know? they will never look at the dog the same again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to put the dog through that. You know, like that. what this means to her and how we'll, uh, we will look at her, you know. So I took her to camp. And so she's going to go do that for a few days while we sort of sort out either a better situation or something. Yeah, so. that's good. At least you're doing something that's yeah. really good if you do something kittens yeah well you know what though I honestly like I had this moment last night when like or maybe early this morning I don't know if I can haven't slept in a week I had this moment of like I actually felt more like a mother than maybe when I had my own kids because this was like a choice do you know what I mean <laughs> this was like I, like I didn't have to do this and the fact that I was like I I don't know. It, it, was so, it was such a weird, <laughs> yeah. It was such a weird moment to where it was like they have they have no way to survive like without me doing this, you know. And it's like I've I've I brought an animal to life. Like it was this weird moment of like holy fuck, like, I did this. They've survived. Like, they've put on weight. I had to weigh them every day. Like, had to, I've only been on the call on the phone with the vet calling every day. Like. They haven't pooped, you know, like all this different stuff I have to do. And, and the fact that like they're, they're growing and they're thriving, it's just like, oh shit, I did the damn thing, you know? That's awesome. Like, I'm actually really proud of them. Like I had this, I guess it was a sense of accomplishment and this like nurturing part of me that I never knew was there. Cause even as a mother, I always feel like a failure, you know, I feel like I'm doing something wrong or I'm not enough or my kids can do their own thing. Like, I don't know. That's part of being a mom. Yeah. But with this, I was like, fuck, I, they're alive. I did it. Like, that was enough. That's all it had to be. It wasn't like, like I could have avoided this whole motherhood thing. I yeah, just found a couple just of cats. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of motherhood, my yes. husband is turning 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about the pool. Oh, my God. You have to tell me about that post because I laughed my fucking ass off when I saw that picture of you doing the pool and your story. So tell it. Why one of us laughed. Well, <laughs> my daughter. So, like, we are stuck here. You know, like, for those of you who are listening from the future, this is week, at least in New York, it's like week eight. I don't know, 12 of quarantine. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And, like, we're basically just, like turning our backyard into a place we can, you know, like go to like an extension of the house. It's like, you know, we don't want to be stuck inside. And so I, we bought this, uh, above ground pool that's 12 feet by 30 inches. It's huge. It's that's, that is a sick above ground pool. It's pretty big and it's like really good quality. Did you have to put it it on something? No. Will it fuck your grass up? It's going to fuck the grass up. But, oh, like, okay. we, you can take it down at the end of summer, and the grass does oh. grow back. Like, we, yeah, we've had, yeah. like, blow-up pools in the past that ruin the grass, mm-hmm. and then you take it. You, and they suck. They suck. But this yeah. one is really nice. She feels like she's actually swimming, and I put it together. So, basically, what happened was that I ordered this pool very impulsively at, like, four, mm. 5 o'clock in the morning one day. I was like, we're getting in the pool. <laughs> we have to do something. <laughs> And what did your husband say he to was, this when you were like, just oh, I ordered a pool? didn't want to talk about it. Didn't see. Because I didn't do any research. I didn't do. <laughs> I didn't shop around for prices. 
No. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't talk. I am not fucking shocked. Yeah, this is what I do. I go, we want a pool. I'm getting a pool. I'm clicking it. If it takes longer than 15 minutes, forget it. I don't want to even talk about it. <laughs> you know, and my husband, is, will, he wants. Tessa Bailey, the entire description I would use to describe Absolutely. And so my husband, you know, he's more of a research type and he wants to check 55 websites and he wants to talk to all his friends about it. And, and I, and I am not that person. I am just like, I, this is it. Like we have uh, decided to do this thing and we're just going to do it. And so I bought this pool and so he wouldn't talk about it. He wouldn't, he was just grumbling about it for days, you know, for it took like a week to get here. So he went to the store and I was like, where'd you order it from? Amazon. Okay. Okay. And so he went and uh, it's Intex, by the way. The brand is Intex. I and it looks really yeah, nice. nice. I was surprised. It's nice, and because I was like, you know, we've had the blow up pools in the past, and they were mm-hmm. they served us well when she was like a lot littler. But now she's yeah, eight, yeah. and she's used to swimming in a real pool, and it's like she's not going to mm-hmm. use it unless it's she's she, yeah. You know. So anyways, um, he went to the store and I was like, I'm just going to put this pool together. So when he gets back, it'll be done. He, I'll, How long was he at the fucking store for? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take me that long. It took me 45 minutes. Oh, shit. Yeah, I rushed. Holy crap. I was, I was on a mission. Uh-huh. I was like, I, I'm really good. At, I'm, I'm actually really good. One of my secret talents is putting together Ikea furniture. I'm a fucking, nice. I'm, I'm so good <laughs> at it. I actually That's volunteer awesome. myself to put together furniture for people from Ikea just so <laughs> just I so can. so you can show off your yes. talents. Just you be like, look how impressed you yeah, are. You're learning a lot about me right now. <laughs> so anyways, I put it together super fast and uh, it was done it was great. She loves it. It was so little hassle. He said he thought it was going to be this huge hassle. He was going to have to like spend the whole day on it. Mm-hmm. No. So anyways, after all that, I'm going through, uh, I catch him taking a picture of himself in front of the pool, like looking at the pool with a beer, mm-hmm. like imposed mm-hmm. in front of the pool as if he was having a well-deserved beer after a day of putting the pool together. And I was... Did you... Did you rip his throat out? That was my first question. I was like, you, I was like, you are something else. <laughs> I was like, you have a lot of nerve right now. A I was lot like, of this nerve. is going on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, I'm not pulling any Just punches. so you know, I'm about to break Everybody you know isn't going to see this. Um, so, yeah. Yes. I shamed him because. Oh, good. What? He deserved I need it. To, yeah, you have to get certain pleasure. You have to take your pleasure where you can get it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of him, he is turning 50 on June 4th and I, like, we obviously, we're supposed to be in Scotland. I know you were, you had this big thing planned. You were, you had a place rented out. You were getting a band. Oh. Like you were so jacked up about we it. We had a whole thing set up in Edinburgh, like for his 50th birthday. His whole family was going to be there. Oh, I can't even God. tell you. I'm so depre- depressed. I know he's, it. I know he's probably crushed. I don't know what to do. Like I, oh, I have him a really nice gift. I'll tell you what I did yeah. because it is 50th. What you do? Mm-hmm. He's a huge, I hope he's not listening, but he's a huge Pink Floyd fan. Like yeah. the, the number one Pink Floyd fan. I don't know why I'm whispering, but well, yeah. He might be outside <laughs> the store. So I okay. a signed copy of The Wall from. Fuck off. Yeah. No Autograph. shit. That's a, that's a great gift. Autographed. So it, wow. I mean, it was his 50th. And obviously uh-huh. we're yeah, saving yeah. quite a lot of money for not going to Scotland. <laughs> no, not going to Scotland. But it, yeah. So it's under the guest room mm-hmm. bed. 
Oh, oh my God. So what the cat gets it? That cat, well, she couldn't get through that. She couldn't get through that okay, wrapping good. in, in the okay, next good. eight yeah. to 10 days. I just had this like horrible thought. <laughs> I'm like, what if the cat gets all Our cat's okay, so well great. behaved. Our cat's really, honestly, if you decide to keep those cats and keep them in the house, uh-huh. talk to me because we have this uh, motorized um, litter box. And like, yeah. we don't smell anything like that was, oh, that's that was great. my number one thing when we got a cat, uh-huh. I was like, if yeah. we're getting a cat, we're getting this, mm-hmm. it's called like the, I think it's like the iRobot or something. It yeah, basically, yeah. it has a sensor. The cat goes in, does its business, comes out. The sensor mm-hmm. senses the cat leaving. It turns over and locks the poop away in the bottom of this thing. And you just go oh, wow. at the end of the week, you grab the bag, pull it out and throw it away and you don't I, there's no smell there's no cat smell oh I yeah. like that cats they, that's the one thing cats that's the one man. thing about cats is they really do leave a scent <laughs> what that's a cats man cats man Shit. we you know we have a basement and we had talked like my husband was like well what if I put in a door to the basement to go outside and I was just like we're in too deep <laughs> to okay like our cats in the basement let's consider so it has to go plans. through like we leave our basement door a crack like enough for the cat to get mm-hmm. through and our thing is all the way down in the basement for her her letterbox oh yeah, okay like okay, I, that's good we had a- she goes outside no no, no, no. Oh. Sorry, the basement door is in our house. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I see what you mean. I thought you meant she. Like, he wanted to put it like to where they could still go outside and come back. No, inside, when I was growing up in California, I had three outdoor cats, and mm-hmm. like that was normal. Yeah. Like in California, yeah. I, maybe that's yeah. normal in North Carolina, but in, in New York, it's so like if they go outside, they're gone. Like they're never coming back. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, um, but you're like we're more rural than we are, so. Yeah. Well, and we do live on a busy road, but I mean, I just like, there's, there's a couple of stray cats that run around and this one, the mom was a stray cat that we sort of just adopted that we're like, Oh, we'll keep her. I was like, I'll get her spayed. If she wants to, to stay around the house, I'll feed her, but I'm going to spay her. So she doesn't have any babies. Boom. She had babies. <laughs> then she fucking died. She, she was not on your timetable. <laughs> no, I was just like, wow. Quarantine. Really? During quarantine. Thanks a lot. <laughs> She's like, here's the time. What are you, what are you, you guys writing right now? Um, we are writing a book that I really, really love. And we're actually, we're fighting to make it shorter because it's for the podcast. So, because we have a whole series that goes with it. It's called, the first book is called Lovely Neighbor. And I think we even talked about it on the podcast where um, this girl, she, uh, originally it was like this guy rented out his place for like an Airbnb and he came home to find like little things in like that were hers that he, you know, he, he liked the way his sheets smelled after she slept in him. And, and like, it was like this thing where he became sort of obsessed with the woman that stayed at his house. And so he kept leaving to go out of town so she would come back. So it kind of started with that idea, but it it kept, yeah, it kept spinning into something else entirely. So, but it's still kind of the same premise. So this guy lives in this penthouse and there's an older lady that's across from him and it's her granddaughter. She's having like renovations done to her apartment. So she's like, he's out of town. She's like, well, just go stay over there. Have a key. He won't mind. It's fine. So the girl goes and stay the night and it's the same thing. The guy doesn't know about it. The old lady doesn't tell him. He gets in his bed and he has the best night of sleep he's ever had in his life. And so suddenly he's like 
what's going on. And he sees a note later that like, oh, by the way, my granddaughter's saying he's because he finds like this pink hair tie. And then he's like, where did the cleaning people leave this? Like, what is this? But he keeps it because he's like, well, I'm just going to give it back to him, you know. And so it's like these little, it's like she's sort of like Hansel and Gretel where she's left little breadcrumbs. And so we wrote this and it was just, it was so fun and we had a really good time writing it and it ended up being like 40,000 words <laughs> for the book. And we're like, okay, well we'll just release that in the ebook and then we'll write a companion story to go with the podcast and it's called Lovely Baker. And so that's what we're doing for season seven. And so that book is about like her friend um, that owns a, like that works in a coffee shop and it's the guy that owns it. It's the two of them and it's really, really sexy. Like it's super dirty, but we've tried to keep it short. But let me tell you, the thing that I love most about both of these stories is there is an epilogue that came out of it. So in the first book, Lovely Neighbor, the guy that lives in the penthouse has a sister and her name's Renee and she's a lesbian. She, her girlfriend's Danielle. And he teases her the whole time about, when are you going to propose? You know she's going to find somebody better. Like, if you don't nail this down, she's going to do it. So the whole book, there's, like, this backstory, this side, you know, kind of thing that's happening with his sister not proposing. And she's nervous because she's like, what if she says no? Like, you know, I love her so much, my, you know, everything. So when the story was over, we didn't wrap it up. And I was like, what if we just wrote, like, a really good epilogue for the sister proposing? And I was like, I'll write it. So it's like 2,500 words. It's a really long chapter, but I ended up writing it. And I wrote my first ever lesbian sex scene. And it was so hot. Like, I read it. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe it's just hot to me. And so I, ha- I sent it to Mel. And I was like, okay, you read this. You know, go through it. Do your thing. Tell me what you think. And she was like, that really turned me on. <laughs> I was like, yes! Like, I nailed it. I was like, that's great. Because I never... Do you hear that thunder? Yeah, wow. That was thunder? I thought that was like just like your chair rolling. That's ominous. That is some ominous Yeah, we're about to get a thunderstorm here too. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that actually, so the Lovely Neighbor is the ebook. Lovely Baker is going to be the audiobook on the podcast. And then it's called um, Lovely Proposal. It, we're going to put it in the newsletter. So it's going to be free. The epilogue for the the sister, her name's Renee, that proposes, we're going to put it in the Read Me Romance um uh, the email. So if you sign up for the emails, you'll get that chapter sent to you um, on when the podcast goes live. I love that. So, I'm, I'm all for. I want to read that epilogue because I'm watching. I'll send it to watching, you. Watching um, Killing Eve. Yes. Oh, I've I've already decided. I'm gonna. I got. I've. I've I know you're. You sent it to me loud and clear, and I'm gonna okay. listen to you. I'm gonna watch it. No, okay? I'm telling you, give it. For some reason, I was surprised because I, I suggested to Jill and she said the first episode didn't do it for her, which I was really shocked because I was the second that first episode. Yeah. I was okay. in. Okay. And I like, okay. oh, this, you know, this actress. Um, so you have Sandra Oh, who plays the main yes. the title character of Eve. Who I adore. wonderful on Grey's Anatomy. Incredible. Yeah, she's yes. fantastic. But then you have Jodie Comer, who plays a Russian serial killer. And... Mm-hmm. I am telling you right now, she is one of the greatest actresses on this earth, Ooh. on this earth. Like she only <laughs> gets better. I mean, we're in okay. season three right now and I'm in real time. Like it don't, they're only releasing mm-hmm. an episode a week now. And oh, oh my, there is an episode that's completely focused on her relationship with her mother. And I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody act like this. She, she was like acting her face off in a way. I, I kept grabbing Pat's arm and being like, She's real. Like, she's a real person. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, you are going to feel the same way. I'm going to give it a go. No, you're going to feel the same way. I know you are. 
Because like we always yeah. we always end up liking the same things. I know yeah. we do, and I don't know why it takes us so long to talk <laughs> We're about fucking stubborn, that's why. I know. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's okay. so good. Killing Eve and yeah, so Lovely Baker and love and mm-hmm. so wait. Oh that'll be in season. Lovely seven. Baker will be in season. In season. Seven. Okay. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's what we're writing right now. We're fin- we've already written Lovely Neighbor. We're finishing up Lo- Lovely Baker. It has to be turned into Eagle today. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> um, next week on the podcast, we have uh, LB Dunbar. Ooh. Yeah, you guys, you guys want to be here for that because I'll tell you why. LB Dunbar writes over forties romance. Oh yeah, I remember you saying uh-huh. that. I'm so excited to hear this. Hell She's yeah. fantastic. She's really, really wonderful and personable. I met her at Wicked Wicked uh-huh. Book Weekend, I want to say like four or five years ago. And we like, I think we yeah. had a table next to each other. And I really, really just like enjoy her company. But she writes over 40s characters. And my school nurse, my daughter's school nurse was like, do you know Elby Dunbar? I like love her books. Yeah, and I was like, I do cool. actually. You're like, I do know her. Yeah. So um, you guys definitely don't want to miss next week. But right now we're going to play the second half of Blades of Glory by Tony Aleo. And we'll talk to you on the other side. Tony. Bye. Bye. Second period. Aiden. I'm pretty sure Shay knocked me in the next week, Boone complains, rolling his shoulder to relieve the pain in his arm. My dad has cup-checked me twice. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want grandchildren, I say with wide eyes, repositioning my cup to contain my goodies. Boone looks at me in pure panic. Hopefully he doesn't tell Shay that. I wouldn't put it past him. Boone waggles his brows at me. It's okay. I have super strong sperm that bursts through condoms and knocks my girl up. Everyone looks over at Boone, and he grins. True story. Pekka laughs loudly as he leans his long body out from his locker. It's rough out there. These guys aren't playing. Boone exhales loudly. I think he broke my toe. Do you think Shay kicked me on purpose when we were fighting for the puck? Yes, Wes and I answer. And we all chuckle together as we lean back in our lockers, taking in soothing breaths. Everyone pretty much mirrors the action, but unlike a real game, we are more relaxed. The guys are joking, bullshitting, and enjoying one another. A lot of our team flew back in from vacation for this, and they plan to fly back out tomorrow before coming back for the wedding. We're such a huge family, and it means so much to me that my brothers want to be here for me and to celebrate this next chapter in my life. Marriage. It seems kind of crazy that it's finally here. I proposed to Shelley almost a year ago, and I'm ready for her to be Mrs. Shelley Adler Brooks. Yes, she is keeping her last name, and no, I don't care. She's an Adler through and through, as is Posey. But Boone must have this magic dick he keeps talking about, because she quickly changed her name to Honus without looking back. Okay, maybe I am a little salty about it. Uh, who am I kidding? I just want this over. Not the game. I love this. This is a blast. But planning this wedding has been absolute hell. I've never in my life gotten into a fight with someone about flowers. Yes, flowers. I felt the red went better with the whole whimsical theme. But no, it's the white. I was supposed to choose white. I fought, gave her one hell of a battle over those red roses. But in the end, she held out for a week. She didn't have sex with me for seven days. 
She didn't even kiss me. Just gave me a high five or a smack on the butt that only woke up my cock. It was completely and out of this world insane. So disrespectful, and I told her so. I don't think she cared. And you better fucking believe I've agreed to everything else about this wedding ever since. Wes sits beside me, stretching his groin. Why are we only up by one? We should be beating those dinos. Wes isn't wrong. I think I underestimated my dad and his buddies. For one, I was told this was going to be a fun, friendly, soft contact game. I was lied to. Shay and my dad have come out of the gate ready to plow me under. Even my Uncle Tate is giving me a look that says he's coming for me. Shay still has one hell of a shot. I got pinged with it in my thigh, and I'm pretty sure I'll feel it a year from now. I'm also pretty sure Eric Titov hasn't been in Russia on vacation, but instead to play over there because he's still fast as hell and has a lethal shot. I should have known better when Monroe got in goal. He's only been out a little over a year. He's as badass as he's always been. Then Philip Anderson's got his wicked wrist shot, and Jordy Thomas is ruthless with his hits. They're all still so damn good. Oh, Carson King. He blocked my shot and sent it up the ice to my dad from his knees. They are seasoned legends. I want to be just like them someday. I've always wanted to be like them. This is a dream come true, which is why Shelley pushed so hard for it. She knows how much I respect and admire the older assassins since I grew up watching them. Now, to play against them? It's unbelievable. The perfect reward for dealing with the woman I fell in love with, who is now a WWE version of Bridezilla. The only thing keeping me from calling off this whole thing is the fact that I love that girl something insane. So damn much. I don't know about you guys, but I have a hard time believing those guys are alumni, our goalie Pekka says. I've never in my life felt a shot in my palm like Shay Adler's. He's terrifying. Boone gives him a look. Try being married to his daughter. Wes nods. That whole family is terrifying. They aren't. They're the best people ever, I say, grinning. But that's because I'm in the inner circle, unlike you guys. How does one come into the circle? Wes asks. And I look over at him, putting on my helmet. Marion? Boone shakes his head. Nope, I'm still fighting to get in with Shay. Wes laughs. That's because you're an idiot. I'm fabulous. Remember, I score the winning goal for the Stanley Cup during overtime. Everyone looks at him with dry, exasperated looks. He doesn't fucking stop. We know. We were there. Just making sure, Wes says with a shrug. But since I have you remembering the great things about me, are we still a no for me dating your sister? Everyone looks at me, amused expressions on their faces. You know what, Wes? No, we're a yes for you dating my sister. Seriously? He gets so excited. Thank God, because she keeps sending me these looks that say she wants to hook up and I'm down. I swallow hard as I lean in. No, dumbass, I'm not serious. Touch my sister and you die. Seriously? Serious as a heart attack, bro, I say. And everyone laughs, giving Wes a hard time. I don't know why it bothers me that he wants to date Stella. She's almost 20. She can do what she wants. But Wes, 
he'll hurt her. I know his past. I know he only wants one thing. And the thought that my sister only wants that same one thing makes me queasy. Thankfully, though, I don't have to think much about it, because Jaden Sinclair hobbles in on his crutches. He's our coach, since he can't play due to his injury. Time to go, boys. Let's go. I want more pucks on Monroe. Surely he's getting tired. I shake my head as I reach for my stick, and Wes says, I think he ate his Wheaties. And drank a monster, I add. Maybe even a Red Bull, Boone jokes. And then I realize why people call us the Three Musketeers. We're losers. Thankfully, the second period is a bit slower than the first. My dad has only cup-checked me once, and Shay hasn't come near Boone at all. Wes scored on Monroe, giving us more of a lead. Everything is opening up now that the alumni are getting tired. They're gassed out. They may have had that rush of adrenaline at the beginning, but now they're sucking air and making line changes like crazy. It's messy and giving us a lot of room. Room to nail those coffins shut. It's over for them. I can add four more destinations to Shelley's and my honeymoon since we'll have a private plane. I'm thinking a stop in Rome and Paris will need to happen. Hey. I look over my shoulder to find my beautiful bride-to-be. Hey, you. Hey, slow it down. You guys are making them look bad. Wes springs in his brows. We're champions. We make everyone look bad. The driest look covers Shelly's face. If you can bring the cockiness down a bit, that'll be great. As long as it's just the cockiness you want brought down, sweetheart, he says with a wink. And Boone leans over the boards. I don't get it, Wes. You know, like... She better not be telling me to keep my cock down. We both look at him blankly, and then he shrugs. Yeah, it was a bad joke. So bad, I agree as I look back up at Shelly. I mean, we've got to win, babe. I know, but they're trying so hard, and y'all are skating circles around them. Wes looks back once more. Champions, he says, pointing to all of us, before pointing to the other side. Dinosaurs. Pretty sure my bride is about to check my boy's ass. I hold up my hand. I hear you. She gives me a small smile before heading back up to where her mom and sister are sitting with a bunch of the wives. I don't want to upset her, nor embarrass my dad or my future father-in-law. Guys, let up a bit. Let them get shots off. They don't argue with me. They know we have this. We're now up by three. When I hit the ice, I notice my dad is out there too. I get the puck, carrying it up the ice as he tries to block me. It reminds me so much of when I was a kid and he was teaching me how to play. I was awful at all sports except hockey. Dad said it was because I was meant to skate, not be the Bill Buckner of all other sports. I didn't disagree with him, but the nostalgia of skating beside my dad is astounding. I go to pass it to Boone, who has an opening. But out of nowhere, my dad is there, stealing the puck and skating down like the pro he was. I chase after him, along with Wes and Boone, as he dekes once around a defenseman, and then again before going top shelf on Pekka. I'm not really annoyed, until he throws up his arms, grabbing the blade of his stick before thrusting it up and down as he leans back, grinning hard. Like I do when I score. This guy. 
I glare as he skates toward me, grinning. Tell Shelly I said thanks. My eyes narrow as I look up at Shelly, who is grinning from ear to ear before shrugging for forgiveness. Oh, oh it's on like Donkey Kong. Third period. Lucas. Should have played the Shelly card this period, Carson says beside me, and I grin as I nod. I'm sucking air. I try to laugh, but I can't. I'm winded. I'm dead. Can't feel my feet, and trying to do my son's goal dance was a bad idea. When I brought the stick down, I hit my cup, and it pinched my balls. I may have cried a bit. This is a blast. I'm loving every second of it. But I'm pretty sure I've left most of my soul on this ice. Then again, it's always belonged there. This is the only place I could call home other than the house I share with my wife Fallon and our girls. Both boys are getting married, and it's wild that I'm okay with it all. I know Fallon is suffering a bit. She loves her boys, total tit babies. But for me, it's the cool part of life. I lost the first six years of Aiden's childhood, and I tried to make up for that over the years. But now that I'm with him through his adult years, I get to encourage him to be a good husband. And one day, maybe even a father, which is mind-blowing. I honestly never saw Shelly and Aiden coming together, even with how much Shelly adored him as a kid. But now I don't see him with anyone else but her. They're perfect together. And having an alumni game to celebrate their love for each other is absolutely perfect. It's completely them. And for me, it's an honor to play in this game, even if walking won't be happening tomorrow. Now, if we can kick their asses, it will be worth it. We've somehow tied with the kids, and I'm pretty impressed with the grit our boys are showing. Then again, these are guys from a team that won a cup after being in last place for most of the season. We came back after the all-star break and brought home a cup that took everything out of us to get. One of my favorite cup runs along with the one from my last season. I've played a lot of really great games. I had one hell of a career. But there is something about playing with my brothers, against my son and his buddies, that is just really freaking cool. It's a memory Shay and I'll have for a very long time. A damn good memory. I can't believe we're here for the kids getting married. I can still see Shelly, little with a way too big guitar, and Aiden in the backyard with a stick, shooting the way he is today. No one cares about the other one, just doing their own thing, Carson says, and I nod. Now, I've seen him make eyes at her more times than I've even glanced at Lacey. True story, I scoff. Maybe we're not working hard enough? No, we are. I can't feel my toes, or even my cock at this point, Eric says. I thought I'd trained enough for this. We didn't, I decide for everyone, and we all chuckle at that. We all want to have the bodies we did at the other team's age, but the kids aren't the only thing getting older, so are we. I don't think there is enough training for this, not when I've sat on my ass for the last year playing Final Fantasy. Benji nods in agreement as I lean on the boards, watching as Tate fights off pucks. Behind him, Philippe's stance matches mine. He's in awe of his father, who was working his ass off as if he were just in goal for the last cup run. 
It's been a long time, full of a whole lot of PT and surgeries, but even I'm impressed by my brother who stands tall between the pipes. Philippe is killing me, though. He mimes blocking the shots in unison with his dad. He's playing for the junior assassins as their goalie, and Tate is his coach, so I'm sure watching his dad play is like Christmas for the kid. He's real quiet, the way that Tate was when I first met him. And like his dad, his talent is incredible. Hell, if I'm not excited to see where that boy goes. I look over at where Carson's wife, Lacey, is sitting with Fallon and her sister-in-law, Casey. All their kids are watching the game, excited to see their daddies play. I love watching kids adore their dads on the ice, but my gaze is locked on Lacey. Her cancer has come back. But even with the pink head wrap she wears, she's still gorgeous as ever. How's Lacey? Carson inhales deeply. Her platelets were down, and I asked her not to come, but she doesn't listen to me. I lean my shoulder into his. She's good. She's a fighter. He swallows hard, and I know he's terrified. That she is. It's just so unfair. Nicole is not even one. I look back up to where their youngest sits in Lacey's lap. She's sleeping soundly against her mom's chest. How, in all this chaos, I don't know. The kids are awesome like that. I tap my stick to his, and he meets my gaze. No matter what, you've got this whole family behind you. Everyone nods in agreement, and I can see the emotion in Carson's eyes. He taps the boards with a stick. Let's go, boys. With that, Vaughn goes over the boards, and I follow him almost dropping my stick like a newbie. I dig in, skating back to get ready as the boys come toward us. That West kid is fast as hell and has a crazy good backhander, but I square up with him. I move my stick to the left when he tries to pass it, but this shithead pops the puck over my stick, skates around me, and goes five-hole on Tate. I let my head fall back as he skates back toward me. I've been waiting to do that to someone. Now that I know I can, I'm so doing that when the season starts back up. So glad I could help, I say dryly, as he just grins like a kid. Little shit. We line up for the puck once more, and I glance at the clock. Four minutes until this is over. I really didn't think I'd want this game to end, but I do. I really want to take these skates off and find the nearest ice tub. I want to eat some mac and cheese and cuddle with my woman. I look over at Eric, who I think is feeling the same way I am. The thing is, we aren't quitters. I lean over, waiting for the puck to drop. And when it does, I win it back and send it to Shay. He skates it up as we wait for him to dump it into the zone. I chase after it with Aiden on my heels. I know he is going to hit me, so I move to the left, leaving him to crash into the boards. He falls to the ice, but of course he gets right back up once I bring the puck into possession. I feel him right there. I know he's going to try to lift my stick and steal it. I can see it on Boone's face. He's grinning from ear to ear, ready to watch his buddy take down his dad. Not today, Satan. I send the puck to Shay, who has set himself up for the one-timer. When it hits the back of the net and the light flashes, I throw up my arms as I look back at my son, who is now very annoyed. I grin as I call over to Shay. I feel we'll need to borrow the plane and go on a we-kicked-Aiden's-ass moon. 
Everyone laughs loudly as we head back to the bench. But our laughter is very short-lived, because when the puck drops, Aiden takes it straight to the goal, annihilating his uncle with a wicked lacrosse-style shot. He actually picked up the puck, since no one could catch him, and shot it from the back of his blade. I know he's been working on that shot. And if he hadn't scored on us, I'd be proud. I'm not, though. I'm salty as fuck. Truth be told, I should have known it would go down like this. Once Aiden scores, Boone shoots from the blue line, getting an awesome tip in by Wes. Those three are irritating as hell with how good of a line they are. There was talk of moving Wes next season, which would suck, but I really don't think Ellie can with how well they play together. They're dynamite. As the time dwindles down, the excitement on the other bench heightens. We were all fighting for bragging rights. And while I thought we had this, we didn't. Too many years have gone by with us sitting on our asses instead of training like they do. When the buzzer sounds, I look over at my son as he looks back at me. His lips turn up into a heartfelt smile, and he mouths, I love you, Dad. Yeah, we lost. My pride was kicked to shit by a bunch of kids. But in reality, I always win when it comes to my son. Post-game, Shelly. I lean on the table as Posey cocks her hip into it beside me in the lounge below the ice. Mom had this awesome space built after our cup run last year. Fans can pay extra to have dinner here and to drink for free as they watch the game. It's pricey, but worth it. Also, it's a bomb-ass area for everyone to gather. We have a meal catered in here today for everyone but I'm ignoring the food and drinks to be included in the discussion of Posey's nursery. I'm hoping I can find out what gender the baby is before my mom. Yeah, I can paint any mural. Just let me know, Piper says as she pats Posey's hand. I would love to. Are you sure? I know you quit doing them eons ago. For everyone else. For you, I will do it. Just give me an idea of what you want. Posey beams. Thank you. I'll text you. They embrace as I ask. We don't want to discuss what the mural will be of? Hockey or butterflies? Posey rolls her eyes as she pushes me playfully. Not telling. Piper holds up her palms once I throw my gaze to her. I know nothing. I glare. Okay, Jon Snow. She laughs at my joke about Game of Thrones. I remember going to parties at her house for the show. I was too young to watch it at first. But even when I was able to watch, I didn't want to. I was too busy hanging with everyone and staring at Aiden as he did his homework. A grin pulls at my lips as I walk through the crowd of people who have been in my life since I was born. All these women have played such a huge part in my life. I love Fallon like a second mom. I was in Reese's dance classes. I helped Piper do the mural in Quinn's room. Audrey has made every single one of my cakes, and I've made myself sick on her cupcakes just because. I babysat their kids for Lucy, Casey, and Bree time after time. When Bree would be on the air for the assassins, her kids were usually with me. I spent summers helping Lacey ship her lingerie to cancer patients. Speaking of Lacey, I wrap my arms around her waist, and she twists to wrap her arms around me. She kisses my temple, and my heart aches. Her cancer has come back. I squeeze her tightly, 
and she laughs. I will not accept that you are getting married. I'm still struggling with Posey being married with a baby coming. I grin over at her as Nicole tries to grab the strings on my dress. Soon it'll be Nicole. She gives me a wide-eyed look. Don't you even. I'm not ready for any of it. She holds me as she goes back to talking to Fallon and Mom about a new line she is coming out with. She wants to do another Assassin's Wives shoot, and a thought springs to mind. You should open it up to all the NHL. She looks back at me. Really? Yeah, we know Nico Merriweather from the Ice Cats. His wife, Aviva, is a breast cancer survivor who had a double mastectomy. I think opening it up to the whole NHL family would be good for unity. Bringing all these amazing women together would be awesome. In all honesty, I wouldn't want to buy a product being modeled by women who aren't fighting what I am, you know? She nods slowly, and Fallon beams at me. I think it's a great idea, Shell. Lacey kisses my temple. You blow us all away, Shelly Grace. Just then the doors open, and the guys start to spill in. Ooh, let me go find my man. They all laugh, as Casey says, ah, to be young and almost married. Now I let Jordy find me. I grin as Jordy comes up behind her, picking her up off the ground and kissing her jaw from behind. Casey giggles loudly as she gushes over his play, and my heart soars. Such wonderful examples of love surround me as I walk to find the man of my dreams. I love how supportive the wives are, telling the guys how great they did and loving on them. Yeah, they've all had issues and even some heartbreak, but the number one thing that everyone refuses to do is give up on each other. Sometimes that stubbornness is the key to a successful marriage. And communication, from what my mom tells me. When I see Aiden, his lips curve as he comes right for me, wrapping his arms around my waist and pressing his mouth to mine. I revel in his kiss, wrapping my arms around his neck as he squeezes me to him. We part slightly, and he says, If I can't have children, it's my dad's fault. I grimace. He cup-checked you like nine times. He nods. And I felt it every time. Ah, I grimace, and he laughs. He kisses my nose and then my lips before hugging me once more, tighter. I kiss his jaw. I'm in complete shock that in a month's time, I'll be Mrs. Shelley Adler Brooks. I'll be his wife, and our lives as one will start. How could anything get better than that? Our lips meet once more just as the clinking of glasses starts, and I hear my mom yell, a toast from our host and hostess. We part with grins and break apart as Owen comes toward us with two glasses of wine. I sniff it eyeing him. Is this the good stuff? Fallon scoffs. No, since the owner won't sign the contract to sell my stuff down here. Mom laughs. Lower your price and I will. It's the same as upstairs. Yeah, and we drink for free down here. Everyone laughs as Mom and Fallon share grins, and I shake my head. Those two. I look at Aiden to find he is watching me. I furrow my brow, but before I can ask why he is staring at me, he says, you're beautiful. My face breaks into a grin and I kiss his chin, but then Owen calls out, 
Okay, stop making out and toast us before mom notices the beer in my hand. Oh, and Michael. Before I can say it, Evan asks, man, why are you dumb? Again, the laughter is in abundance as my mom takes the beer from my brother and gives it to my dad, who is now double fisting. He just grins as he holds out both beers to us, and I smile widely. I love him so much. I look back at Aiden, and he urges me on. Go on, you have more to say. I beam at him, since I know what he is referring to as I step out of his arms. Wasn't that a blast? Everyone agrees with hoots and cheers. I grin at the crowd that is my family. They aren't all by blood, but they are family by heart. I am so thankful for all of you. This was a dream come true for Aiden. He's always wanted to play against his favorite players, which is all of you. Watching it from my point of view was probably just as great as it was for him. Aiden cups the back of my neck and I look up at him. When we planned this at first, it was only for us. We wanted to celebrate our love of hockey and each other, but then it turned into something more. I pull my gaze from his and look out into the crowd just as one of my assistants comes to me with a huge white cardboard check. I'm sure everyone noticed that the second and third tiers were full of fans who bought tickets to come. We raised over $80,000 today between ticket sales and puck sales, I say taking the check. As we all know, one of our own is fighting an opponent she's already beaten once before. Lacey King owns an amazing lingerie business that sells intimates to breast cancer survivors to help them realize that no matter what, they are sexy too. I am proud of Lacey and the business she owns, and we want to donate all the proceeds from tonight's game to the Lacey's Lace Foundation to give fighters and survivors confidence. I look to Lacey as she covers her mouth with her hand. No way. Yes way. I say as I come toward her, handing her the check. It's fake, but it's good for pictures. When the tears start to fall down her face, we embrace. You don't know how much this will help so many women. I kiss her cheek. In case you need the reminder, we are all behind you. We are all proud of you. And we are ready to help in this fight with you. Her watery eyes meet mine, and we share a smile. I hand her the check, and we take a picture before I walk back over to Aiden, my own eyes swimming in tears. I take my wine back from him as I look out at everyone again, as his arms pull me close to his body. Aiden and I have grown up under the guidance and the example all of you have shown us. They say it takes a village to raise a child, and I'm sure Aiden agrees with me when I say the Assassin's Village is the best village ever. Aiden kisses my temple before he nods. The best. We are thankful for each of you, and thank you so much for coming. It means the world to us that you want to celebrate our love by hitting each other and trying to score on one another. Everyone laughs as Lucas calls out. We were some real blades of glory out there. Dad laughs. I'm sure we would have done better as ice skaters than hockey players. Mom smacks him playfully. I think you all looked great out there. You did, Aiden says. Gave us a run for our money for sure. I am overwhelmed by all the emotions I had from when I was a kid watching you guys play and knowing I got to play against you. 
This was one of the best days of my life, but in no time I'll be marrying this gorgeous woman in my arms. I look up at him, tipping up my lips as I gaze into his gray eyes. I love you, Shelley, so much, and I can't thank you enough for this moment. It was a great day. It was, I agree, cuddling into him. I love you more, Aiden, he grins, his gray eyes full of such love and appreciation. I was going to sing for you, but my balls hurt. I hold back my grin. Well, after this, I can take you home and nurse them. His eyes dance with mischief. I love the sound of that. And to think, in a month, I'll have you locked in forever. My heart soars. Aiden James Brooks, you've had me locked in since I was 11. Gorgeous devotion fills his features. Sorry I was late to the game. I shrug. It doesn't matter when you show up. It matters how you play it. He nods. Well, I play to win, Shelley Adler. Good, because I'm in it for the W. He kisses me then, a deep kiss that I feel all over. When we part, I look out into the crowd, all the couples of my childhood hugged up and gazing at us with so much love. My heart about blows up in my chest. How I was lucky enough to grow up watching these amazing people love each other, fight for each other, and work together as a unit to give not only me a good life, but all of us assassins' kids, is awe-inspiring. I want to be just like them. I want to make a difference in my community. I want to love my friends and take care of them. I want to love my husband more than he can handle. And when it's time for kids, I want to make those children proud of who their mother is. And if there is one thing to know about me, it's that I always work for what I want. And I get it. Just ask Aiden. This has been Blades of Glory by Tony Aleo, read for you by Meg Sylvan. We're back. Hey. Hey. So uh, Tony Aleo has a new release called Bring It Home. We read the blurb for it on Monday. It's about a guy who is um, loves a girl named Posey Adler. And he... Yep, the shortest blurb in history. the shortest blurb in history. He's a <laughs> hockey player. Tony writes the hottest <laughs> hockey romance. Um, if you haven't read a hockey player romance... I, just get just in it. Just do it. Just get it deep is in so, this. You will go in a fuel mm-hmm. enter a phase. You will definitely enter mm-hmm. a phase, and there's no better place to start than um, Tony Aleo. So go check her yep. out. She's giving away a $100 gift card on readmeromance.com right now. The- I'm getting in on that. <laughs> I'm entering. Everybody I don't give a shit. Right now, uh, <laughs> yep. On the Read Me Romance homepage. And we'll be back next week with LB Dunbar. So if you guys can make sure you subscribe to the podcast, we really appreciate that. If you're, if you can like us on Instagram, Facebook, follow us on there and then subscribe on YouTube. We just, all the follows help keep this podcast going. So we appreciate anything you can do. Yes, definitely tell a friend. We would really appreciate it. So thank you. Especially tell them how beautiful I am. Just throw that out there. If you want to mention you one see this thing, girl. you got to see her. You know? Yeah. You, you can believe it. Listen to her voice. She's amazing. <laughs> All right, Leah. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make stay your bitch. Don't be a dick. And we'll pull, we'll Bye. pull one out for Mel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Read 